0: me that
1: countryside
2: new york is where i'd rather stay i get allergic smelling hay i just adore a penthouse view darling i love you but give me park
1: avenue right, the chores the
2: stores fresh air
1: Episode of Free Farm Friday as all the other previous episodes available free o charge as a podcast. Gosh, it must be over a hundred of them now at Crusade Max. That's your site for podcasts. Crusademax.com. You should be going to Crusade Max anyway. I haven't had time to update a lot of stuff, but I already had a thousand episodes of things up there, so uh, they're all up there, uh, including all episodes of Free Farm Friday. Let's bring our Master Farmers Brian Coke uh, from Wharton, Texas, and Mister Dan Money, the old farmer from Central New Jersey. I got them both on the uh, on the Gaggle Hotline here today, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning, can you hear me? Loud and clear! Wow, you didn't think I could handle this level of technology, did you? Good morning. (laughs) No, I did not think you could handle this level of technology. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I I had your epitaph already written, so your eulogy, I was going to eulogize the fact that you weren't here.
0: Just make me understand, I pick and choose. (laughs) And I picked you. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. (laughs) Um, All right. uh, uh, You will have to mute each other uh, when you're not talking uh, uh, so that uh, if there is any uh, feedback artifact. Brian, uh, uh, how did you manage uh, this technology? Uh Uh-oh. Somebody muted. Somebody's on mute. who shouldn't be on mute.
2: I just put in the link, and it worked just fine.
1: And you sound like you are uh, in the room next door, which is kind of a creepy thing for us. But we're happy to have you here. Uh, can you guys not hear me? Yes. I, no. I can hear you. Yes, um,
2: I'm not.
1: He's dropping in and out. Metro Koch uh, is dropping in and out. Uh, 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 your connection sounds good, uh, but uh, you're for some reason, you your your microphone might be uh, canceling you. I actually have a chat window open here. Um, he says that you're not getting any sound. Hmm, that probably is on your end. Um, probably on your end. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Monday, you're getting a sound from me, aren't you? Uh, yeah, you're loud and clear,
0: and uh, I'm absolutely amazed since I'm doing this from work and our IT is people are um, let's say they're challenged.
1: <laughs> they're
0: challenged. Well, well they, they had a really good guy, but of course they got rid of him.
1: Well, let's start here with uh, well, let's start here with this story. Um, digital agriculture tools enable farmers to make proactive decisions. Brian, or Money, since you put this in here, do you need digital agricultural tools to uh, enable yourself to make proactive decisions?
0: Uh, proactive? Well, I guess we could debate that. Decisions? No, I make decisions all the time, good and bad. No, I, I, I think the point of that article, when I sent it out, of course, so AI is everything. Everything is AI. And, you know, I... I at the at the scale of the farms and the corporate farms that they're targeting, I think yes, it gets so darn complicated, and there's so many hands in it that you'd probably do need some form of management tools to help you. Whether it needs to be AI, do I need them? Do you need them? Do Brian need them to to run our little farms and homestead? No, it's just it, to me, it's just another way for them to try to collect information to help destroy us. You know, and well, I'm uh, cynical. I'm cynical that way.
1: Well, no, and I think you should be cynical because I, I'm pretty sure that that's what they're trying to do is sucker all of the little homesteading farmers out there into signing up with the USDA or signing up with the FDA or signing up with the food stamp, uh, the uh, the SNAP program or whatever, signing up with this entity or that entity, and then reporting on what it is you're doing because, as all things federal government go, they're building a database. And and all and you know what's the first indication you're going to have that they're building a database and they're going to use it against you is when you start detailing what it is that you're doing, and then ads for that start appearing in your browsing. But I will—I think Brian has his connection back, and he's good to go now. Uh, so, uh, 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 Brian K, um, do you need digital help farming?
2: Yes, just like my ancestors needed abacus and all the other latest technology to plant a seed and watch it grow.
1: So, if a seed is planted and there's not an iPhone there to capture it, uh, to, uh, to film its growth, is it really growing? That's right, and, and probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. It. It. It's. It, 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 they think. I guess. Uh, if you just read the article, they think that because all things are digital, you see everything is made better through technology. You see. I. I, I mean. I. I could uh, get really, really down in sophomoric and sophomoric uh, and 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 dirty with that. But everything is made better through technology. Uh, there is nothing that is left unscathed. Um, are my taste buds made better through technology? <laughs> I That's was debatable, yeah, yeah, yeah no here's what the story says, but as all farmers know, even with the best plans in place, unexpected challenges are all too common on the farm. Farmers inevitably faced a host of challenges, spring rains that won't quit uh how about? Spring rains that never happened. Spring rains <laughs> that never happened. Broken equipment, a disease outbreak, or a wild market swing. Now, now again, you, you see, uh, uh, BK, you see what they always bring it back to commerce. There is no farming, it seems, without commerce. Now, look, we're all for exchange, as we just discussed two hours ago with General, with Commander Sharp on economics as if families matter. We're all for exchange. But barter exchange—you uh, you could call it commerce—but it's not the kind of exchange that they're that uh, they're talking about here. And while digital tools can't prevent these challenges, they can help farmers be more prepared to face them. So, uh, 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 if, to either one of you, isn't that what the Farmers' Almanac used to do? Well, there's you know, I guess
0: are we, are we trying to take people further and further away from it? I mean what what is what was the farmer's almanac? What were the people's diaries? That was observations because you were truly in in tune and in line and active and, and part of what you were doing. And now, you know, you can go sit in an office someplace else and manage your farms all over the country and all over the world is what you know is what I think that they're implying with some of this. Um you know, do we need modern tools that have assisted us to be able to actually check the pH of the soil, or to actually, yes, hey, look at that, there is a you know a potential hailstorm coming. Maybe we want to go bring the animals in or cover something. I mean, you know, it's not that that's the technology has not benefited us; it's that they want they they want to let it. Run what we're doing, and again, you're gonna have other fingers in that. You said it, Mike. Logistics. So now you're gonna be planning around everybody else's trucking schedules and refrigeration schedules. Is it efficient? Will it make us more food? Whether it's good food or not, probably. Ain't gonna help me, you or Brian.
1: Uh, you know, if you, if you want to play farmer, then then download and uh, give your uh, give your character a name and play Farmville. <laughs> I was sitting next to a guy on a plane. The the, the one that did, that did the touch and go at the Lafayette Airport. The whole trip, dude logged into American Airlines uh, uh, in flight uh, uh, Wi Fi. And I sat there and I watched him play FarmVille. So if you want to play farmer digitally, then I recommend that you download and that you go with FarmVille. And you can name your farm whenever you want. But t- this article talks about farm management software, or in all capital letters, the dreaded three-letter agency FMS. Farmers can make better informed decisions about how to maximize productivity and head off prudential problems before they erupt even this season, and then, uh, you know, they, they they give the usual stuff. Historically, most farms would set a plan, plant in the spring, and stay, and then stay the course, hoping things work out, blah, blah, blah. The off-season was the time to evaluate what happened and apply lessons learned toward the future. But unfortunately, those lessons usually came with financial impact. Brian, there's no way to avoid bad seasons, bad rain, too much rain, not enough rain, too high, or too many days, a hundred degree weather. There's really there's no way to avoid nature in all this, and God is the author of nature. There's no way to avoid the impact that it's going to have um, on what it is that you grow, whether it's the animals or the produce. Uh, the trick is, as Dan Mundy says all the time, it's chart It's Not how much you can grow, it's how much you can keep, it's how much you can preserve. Um, and I really think that that is probably the most prudent advice. Uh, that you could you could dispense to any, especially a young farmer, is and, and this is basically per economics for Helen. This is storing capital up. Just look at the storage of you know all the great canning that you and Suzanne do with with the cucumbers. Well, that's capital. You don't have to go out and buy, to, to feed your little farmers, A little slave labor you have on your farm, your kids. You don't have to go out and buy jars of pickles because you have the pickles to feed them. So you know you look at your storage as capital and that's one of the three things capital land and labor. Uh, of course Brian's in a, in is in a, a unique position because he has two of them built in right there. <laughs> Although the, I don't see them laboring that uh, that often, but you do put them to work from time to time. I, I try to. I mean it's it's
2: it's a daily struggle. But no, they, they do they do better, and they're getting better. But um, you know, some of that technology would have been nice to predict the pack of dogs that came through that wiped out three thousand dollars worth of chickens and turkeys last year. That's right. You know that you know where, where was that? You know, where's how's my product productivity then? So you know, it's just they, they treat the problem is t- treating it as a savior. No, technology is a good tool to use if, and it's just another tool in your toolbox. You know, you don't, you know, you don't need to rely on it all the time. And that's that's what they're trying to do uh, is just trying to get you to, you know, do everything through a screen, through a, you know, whatever, you know, have to run it through a program or whatever to, to figure something out. And it just doesn't work like that. And, you know. Mitter Monday made a great point about observation. Yes. You know, people talk about science. Well, one of the best tools in science is observation. Because if you can't hear it, see it, smell it, you know, taste it, whatever, you know, those are all observational tools. If it doesn't, if you can't do, you know, a, a machine can't do it. that, you know, it might take, can take a picture and yes, that's a tool for your observation, but it can't It doesn't have the smarts to say, okay, this pasture is an example of a recovered pasture. I'm ready to move a cow back in the cows back in here or this, you know, soil is becoming healthier uh, compared to the picture I took of it last year or two years ago, whatever, you know, something like that. And that's where, you know, science kind of, you know, modern science, you know, put it in quotes, loses, loses a lot of things because they discredit actual science and, and trying to advance all this other things.
1: Or as we say, science Exactly. Because everything is science. Uh, and people do lack in pictures. Um, and we're not a bunch of luddites. But uh, as John Sharp said earlier, science doesn't necessarily have to involve the guys that are in the white lab coats. Everyone thinks you think scientists, you think these guys with the white lab coats and are standing around and they're saving the human race and what have you. Science just means, and, and science comes from the word scientia. Which just means to know, basically knowledge. You're Your sentient being is kind of an offshoot uh, uh, of scientia. Scientia uh, is just knowledge. If you look at science from the point of view that you're just gathering knowledge, and then you know you form, if you if you need to or you want to, you can form hypotheses, and then you can apply observations, as you said, uh, to that. Um, this is the, the, the this, as you might say, is the farming method. Um, You record, you know, if you, here, I'll give you an example. Dan Money could chime in on this. You can find them online. You can find George Washington's diaries online. They're really interesting to read, as a matter of fact. Um, My big takeaway from reading Washington's diaries are when he's on the farm at Mount Vernon, he is a completely different person than he is. When he's out in the battlefield, he's at Trenton, or he's at Yorktown, or he's at Monmouth, or Long Island, or he's crossing to Delaware. When he's on the farm, dude, he's getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and he's he's recording the temperature. He's recording the humidity. He's recording the observable weather conditions. And then he, he writes in his diary what it is that he hopes to accomplish that day. Then he comes back to his diary in the evening, and he records the temperature again. And then his little notes on what he did or did not, uh, did not accomplish. He's very thorough. Um, and, and if you read Washington's diary, Dan Mundy, you're reading the diary of a farmer. You, you think of Washington as the commander-in-chief and the president, but at the end of the day, all he wanted, he couldn't wait to leave Philadelphia, or New York rather, every uh, every year after he served his term. He couldn't wait to leave to get back to, to his beloved farm. He actually wanted this life of toil and drudgery that we're told is farming today.
0: No, I I remember reading some of them, and I think I remember reading interspersed uh, in his diary on the battlefield. He was all, you know, he's talking about whatever, and then he's also fretting over the the quality of the wheat crop that year. So it was never out of his mind. you know any of us who love what we do Mike you know it's gonna be you know you're gonna take a different interest on it and I think he loved the revolution he loved what he was the responsibility he was given but you know the, they're, they're two different pigeonholes uh, you know but there's there's not again we if you're talking about our local little uh, uh, homesteads and farms if you if you're dealing with that then you're gonna to wanna to know The ups and downs of your area, and you're going to want to have the benefit of that that recorded information, whether it's for you or from a previous generation, because you you are tailoring what you do to the area you live in, and that's also part of what I think you know. We see with a lot of the modern farming, we're not tailoring to the area we're in; we're trying to make we're trying to tailor the the area to what we want it to be. And you know, I mean I, you know, if I'm doing, you know, my lousy, you know, ten, twenty, thirty sheep, I think I can handle that in the notebook. If I was trying to breed five thousand of them, then I might at least make a spreadsheet.
1: <laughs> so Or an abacus sheet. Yeah, an abacus <laughs> sheet, you know. Or or better
0: better yet, I'd 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 handle you know, I'd hire somebody else to chip it into cuneiform tablets for me, but they uh,
1: uh, I, I want to uh, move our uh, free Foreign Friday uh, conversation along here. Uh, by the way, I joined the uh, chat room, crusade forward slash chat for just a little bit. Uh, see if there, anyone was dropping any uh, tidbits in there. And I, your is, uh, is just kind of, uh is just kind of focusing on what I said about Scientia. It's a system of knowledge, basically. Um, and then there's a, a, a comment in the chat room about science and theology being linked. Absolutely, they were linked. Completely and totally linked. Now, I want to move on. Um, Let's talk about uh, uh, something that I had sent out uh, last week. There's a new movie at Epic Times. You have to be a subscriber to watch it, but you can watch the trailer. Yeah, uh, the title of the film, and it's hosted by Roman Balmakoff, who is a regular contributor, daily contributor to the Epic Times. By the way, you should go and subscribe today for $1 for the first month. Use our link so we get credit for the subscription. Go to crusadechannel.com forward slash epic, and you can watch that movie, No Farmers, No Food, Eat That's the actual title of the movie. No Food, No Farmers, no food. Will you eat the bugs? In Obama coffee he goes to Sri Lanka, Brian. He goes to the Netherlands. He sits down with, uh, a uh, what's her name, Ava v- him uh, v- uh, or Vla- uh, Vlandorum. She is uh, one of the young, up-and-comer, very forceful speaker on the issues of regenerative farming and a recent convert to the faith as well. And she talks to these Danish, uh, to these Dutch farmers. You know, one of the things that's being done to the, uh, uh, to the farmers as John Rambo carrying the rest of the, the new world order is the world economic form and stars, the stakeholders in the crisis that is the global climate change. We must all aspire to the zero, zero carbon neutral, neutral footprint. He goes and he talks to the Danish farmers, who are basically singled out by their government, for extinction. You want to bring the bug farmers in, you want to get rid of the cattle farmers, because there's too much nitrogen. And I'm screaming at Roman Balmakoff going, you should have found one that was at least familiar with the concept uh, regenerative farming Because the, the battle then became over They were going to deprive the farmers Of their access To nitrogen-based fertilizers They're going like, well, you don't have to have The nitrogen-based fertilizer But in any event, a significant number, number Of Dutch farmers last year um, As their government determined That they were worthless human beings And they needed to stop farming and feeding people Actually committed suicide um, and that's something that uh, that is not well known and is not talked about uh, because those people had a real attachment to their land. And they were basically told, we're not going to let you use it anymore. Now, the party, the ruling party in the Netherlands lost many of their seats in the parliament. And I think that this assault and attack... On, on on the Dutch farmers is is going to ride into history, at least for the current moment here. But this film is important. Go watch the movie. No far, Just read the title. No farmers, no food. Will you eat the bugs? I don't know if either one of you had a chance to see the film. He also goes to Sri Lanka. You know the government of Sri Lanka, uh, uh, Brian. Full stop. Cold turkey told the Sri Lankan farmers you're getting no more nitrogen. We signed on to the climate change treaty, no more nitrogen. Did you know that?
2: Yeah, I know that. I think we discussed that. Um, was that about last year this time when a lot of those protests were going on? And that was in the middle of the Dutch farmer things. And um, But yeah, uh, that, was, that was huge. And... The thing is, with a lot of those farms over there, I don't think they had a high nitrogen use to begin with because they were pretty sustainable on themselves as far as, you know, producing, uh, rice, you they're know, producing prim- their own nutrients and stuff. Yeah,
1: so. they were producing rice primarily. Yeah, yeah. Their rice production went down 67% in one year when they were denied the use of whatever nitrogen they were using. They still had yields, well, but they didn't have as high yields. Yeah, I, I think it, to me it sounds like they're trying to kill us. <laughs> you will eat the bugs. And actually, did and you I. did you get a chance to 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 see the movie? No, I haven't.
2: Um, I think it was uh, behind a paywall, and I'm kind of a cheapo. So,
1: well, you can watch the it. first. You, you, right, you can watch if you go to No Farmers, No Food dot uh, com. Pretty sure that's the address. You can watch the first ten minutes.
2: Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll take a look at it because uh, I mean it's it's you know it's a fascinating subject, but I think you know you're starting to see a lot of people understand it, and you're seeing more and more traction to you know what we're we're talking about. So it's, it's good that, you know, it's getting more widespread. Hopefully more people will pick it up. Well, you know, I guess, was it um, a, few, a couple months ago, you know, was it Will Harris was on actually on CNN and talking about this stuff. And I think there was that other fellow that's been doing the uh, soil carbon cowboys and, and things, and he was on there and tr- trying to tell him, hey, Agriculture isn't the problem here. Uh, You know, it's just we need to understand that and understand, you know, how we make it better and which was surprising. So the problem is only, you know, 15 people watch CNN. So
1: <laughs> there was a book that was in, uh, uh, but even the uh, secular uh, world is getting uh, is getting the alarm bell that we're killing the we're killing the soil we're killing uh, we actually are doing environmental damage, and people that are real true con- conservationists, um, uh, I believe you know kind of like are coming back to the to the fore. You know they were famous. Uh, There's some famous uh, poetry and, and authors in the 19th century that uh, wrote about um, life on the farm and about farming, and uh, there there isn't, um, to my knowledge. That has not been restored in the modern era. But there is a new book that's out. Somebody put put it in the the Free Farm Friday signal chat room, calling Saying No to a Farm-Free Future by Chris Smage, Uh, The Case for an Ecological Food System and Against Manufactured Foods. There's a blurb from Joel Salatin on the the, uh, front page of uh, of the book. On the cover. Everyone in the food business needs to read this lively and superbly written polemic. Um, And John Lewis Stemple says if you want real food, food security, and a truly biodiverse countryside, please, please read this book. You know, we have the great works by the Catholics that we sell in the Founders Trading Post, books to farm by from Fathers Fahi, McNabb, uh, and, and, and others here. This looks to me to be a completely secular work. But it also looks to me like that, like the author Chris Smage uh, Brian has got has gotten the memo, got the message, and is trying to do something about it.
2: Yeah, and like I said, more people are, you know, hearing the message and understanding it, and understanding why we, you know, need to make these changes and, and do these things the right way. And you know, more power to them. Uh, you know. I, you see, it's, you know, like I said, it's good to see. And we just need to promote them and build them up and then eventually convert them too. So, <laughs> but, uh, and that's part of it. But I, I think, yeah, uh, even people that I worked with for many years who were resistant to a lot of that stuff are starting to see the importance of. You know what we're talking about especially you know we'll in, in my work you know we just call it soil conservation and and you know taking care of the land to make it more of a sponge and you know you use that language but it, we're, we're still promoting the same things and trying to wean ourselves away from this stuff that's really not good for the land and you know and in, in turn not good for us but you know, like a lot of things, it's it's slow, but maybe we'll speed up. You know, with the more people, hear, you know, hear and see it and and understand it.
1: Now, Mundi, uh, let's get back to uh, one of your contributions. Why sustainable agriculture needs encouragement right now, uh, right now to, to grow. This is from growingproduce.com. The global landscape is changing, and so are the demands placed on agriculture. As the world's population continues to grow, the pressure on our agricultural systems to produce more food while simultaneously reaching their environmental footprint. Has never been greater. Agriculture has come a long way since its beginning, with mechanization and synthetic inputs, leading to remarkable increases in crop yields. And they talk about technology is, is emerging here, but they like to use the term sustainable, and they like to say that okay, the, the farmer has to increase, uh, has to be able to uh, to meet the demand for food. And I think that the the principal thing that they're leaving out here is that 200 years ago, about 90% of people probably considered themselves farmers.
0: Well, and it it definitely was a big part of their activity. There's always a lot of diversification in in a lot of those families and towns that you'll see. I mean, everybody grew something. Everybody drew a lot of their needs, but, uh, I think I I said it a long time ago they're going to co-opt the movement they're going to co-opt just like like did just I did organic they're going to co-opt the term sustainable they're going to co-opt the term regenerative and then they're going to define it the way they want to and that's exactly what they've done and I hear talk I hear listen to people I associate with and they use the buzzwords and they really have no idea. The company I work for, you know, where we're we're using meat from sustainable and regenerative farms. And I asked one of the marketing people, when I ran into him. I said, "What does that mean?" And they had no idea. Nothing that they could, you know, they, they twittered and twatted about whatever they were saying, but they they really had no concept. It's just it's just it's just a buzzword because it looks great on a on a, a star emblazoned on the side of your package, and most people. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm having like, a, I, and it depends on how uncomfortable they are. sure as bad as the economy is right now, I'm having a lot of people drop out. Looks like I'm going to have a lot of turkeys, extra turkeys, because people don't want to pay the price because they're hurting a little bit, but they're not as concerned as they were a couple of years ago about whether they were going to be able to get their food. And I mean, I'm selling them for less than four dollars a pound to most people, and I got people telling me. I'm an idiot I got they know people that are getting seven and they're sold out so i said, I must not I must not have the right I don't I'm not I must not have the right star on the side that it says regenerative or whatever but if people are not going to engage in this they don't engage in this you know it's easier to stop at McDonald's it's easier to go to chick-fil-a it's easier to go to the store and we're all going to do that a little bit but it's too takes too much out of their busy lives to be encumbered by anything and as long as they're going to take that attitude, they're not going to be part of it. Sorry.
1: <laughs> you know, I think you no know, I, I, I think you're, uh, the, you're correct with, with that assessment here. Uh, having just spent some time in the very large city that is Boston, Massachusetts, I can tell you and I marvel at this, Brian, it is a marvel to me how do they get all of the food supplies? Because you like, if y'all like, when I visit daughter number two and I stay at her apartment, within walking distance, there's probably thirty different kind of restaurants. And I say walking distance, let's just say a half a mile or whatever. Um, and I marvel uh, uh, at the uh, ability of modern man to be able to secure on a regular and reliable basis the stuff that goes into making uh, uh, whatever it is that they sell at the at the bakery. You know, I had a hamburger on the th- on, on Thursday last that uh, cuz I couldn't leave the apartment cuz I didn't have a key so I had to door dash it. But Big Jim's Deli delivered a double uh, a double quarter pounder with cheese uh to my door and uh, cooked it medium rare and I could tell that it was fresh beef. And I'm going like, "Okay, how did fresh beef Get into Big Jim's Deli in Boston, Massachusetts, so that he could cook a burger to order for me. And this wasn't like, you know, mass-produced McDonald's or Wendy's patties or whatever that they have to cook to to, to well done uh, to kill whatever may have crawled into the manufacturing process. This was a handcrafted. You could tell that it was beaten out by hand, a patty. But I marvel at how modern man has been able uh, uh, to do this. And it it, just—it's almost like it's the—it's the ninth wonder of the world. But most of it, Big Jim is the exception. Most of it is mass-produced crap, which this book rails against. About uh, this, this is not farmed food. These are chemicals, and Dan Mundy, you know this better than anyone. These are chemicals, and these are are formerly organic compounds that are brought together. They are they are mashed, they are pulp, they are they are hydrogenated, they are aerified, they are combined with other stuff, and they make it look like it's food, but it really isn't, is it, Brian?
2: No, not really. And if you remember a few weeks ago, I was down in South Texas, and I was in the middle of a 290-acre watermelon patch. You know, just try to wrap your head around how many watermelons you could produce on that. <laughs> A lot of melons. Ir- it, it was irrigated, too. So, you know, they had, you know, it was, so when you're producing at that scale, that's how it, you know, that's how it does it. And amazingly, as much land is getting... Concreted over and and everything there's still a lot out there and can produce a lot of food with all the inputs like you're talking about. so you know it's it, you know when you get out and see it it kind you kind of can wrap your head around it. it's still amazing to see but th- but it helps you wrap your head around how it gets there and stuff and you know all those watermelons. We're going to the t- Texas grocery chain HEB, and you know they had contracts and all that stuff, and you know tons of labor to get them out of the field. But he will turn around and those melons are five, six dollars a piece in the grocery store, and
1: yeah, yeah, because they they can grow so many of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. That, yep. That, 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 and that's why, and then you wonder, okay, no, that's that is a complete and total monoculture system. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm browsing this book. This uh, saying no to a farm-free future. Here, um, there's a book that came out in 2022. Have either of you heard of this book called Regenesis? I'll take that okay. as a no. No, I haven't heard that one. No. I'm not okay, so Smage uh, begins in his, in his This is interesting Because I haven't I, I didn't know the book Regenesis existed I thought of my cabbie argument again When I followed the online fallout From George Monbiot's book Regenesis The anger was not because of knee-jerk protectionism In farmers Nor was it just a reaction to the way farmers Had been portrayed as land-grabbing mafia Who terrorized the countryside Leaving dead animal heads on doorsteps Like pots of jam rather than as cogs in a machine who had become so trapped and impoverished by its iniquities that fewer than half made any profit without public subsidies. I understood why the unfairness stung. In 2022, as Regenesis mocked organic farming for being all muck and no magic, BP made record profits, while holistic land management pioneer, ever heard of this guy, Brian, Alan Savory? Uh well, holistic land management pioneer Alan Savory's credibility was called into question, Bear reported profits of 50.7 billion dollars, and as foodies were accused of willful blindness, supermarkets boomed with collective profits of over 4 billion dollars in 2021-22, with Tesco's alone increasing by 219% on the year before. The food charity Sustain later released a report showing that farmers who bear the majority of the risk, including the loss and waste of food rejected by supermarket standards, often earn less than 1% of the price for which the food they produce was later sold. In this context, it was easy to see why some reviewers of Regenesis considered those farmers singled out for special attack do not feel like the most important enemies." Um, Now I'm kind of getting the idea here for for, for this book, and he's not necessarily talking about regenerative uh, uh, farming. He's talking about farmers in general and about how it is a huge risk, which is maybe why, and if we discuss it here on Free Farm Friday, which is maybe why um, you dabble in the commodity market of selling your your cattle, for example, uh, Curtis and uh, Rose Weingartner are trying to on their little farm on Glastonbury. You know, Curtis wants to be able to not have to work for the man anymore. Um, but I think that it, and, and to, to to do that through raising, uh, what are they raising, Brian? I know they're doing cattle. Um, uh, there's a certain variety of cattle he's doing.
2: Yeah, I think they're doing dairy and beef.
1: And she's doing the, then they're doing dairy as well, but he's doing a certain variety. Yeah. The guy that was a bass player for Alabama came up with a breed of, of cattle. I can't remember what it is. It start, starts with an cattle. What's it called? South Pole. South Pole, that's it. S O U T H P O L L. And so they're going about it, but Curtis is kind of keeping his job. And I'm not singling you out, Curtis. I'm just using it as a good example. I think that their head is in their right place that they want to be able to feed themselves and support themselves as much as you can on the farm. But it's like you always say, it's not to the exclusion of other ways of supporting yourself. You do what you can. You do it within your means and within your limits. We're talking about taking a system, Brian, that's 97% supermarket and flipping, flipping it wherever we can to drop that number from 97% down. And just keep working at dropping it down, and ultimately it'll be it will it will get back to being a very natural and organic process. Do you agree with that?
2: Uh, I do agree with that. And you mentioned Alan Avery. Um, yes, I have heard of him. He is actually the father of holistic management. Okay, which is it's key in regenerative agriculture. So he's he's an African. Um, oh, he's from Zimbabwe, I believe, and. He has basically through cattle grazing turned desert back into grassland, yep. so a lot of his ideas are used in uh you know regenerative grazing uh They have hubs around the the world uh called savory hubs, and actually the white oak pastures where will Harris is a, one of these savory hubs, so they do a lot of research and, and you know using actual science. To uh, you know, prove that regenerative grazing works and and recovers the landscape. Now they're still big on you know the whole man made climate change and and everything like that. Which you know it's just it's like okay you gotta kind of go th- you know dig through that. But um, Alan Savory actually uh, did a TED talk oh, probably ten years ago now on you know his his type of grazing and stuff. And but if you Have been in the game long enough, you're going to come across his work. And I actually have taken training in holistic management. Interesting. uh, Through Holistic Management International. So, you know, I was understanding a lot of the stuff, and then I took that training, and it really put a lot of things, you know, put the understanding there why you do things. And so you manage everything with the understanding that anything any type of thing you do on the ground is going to affect them ecosystem you're managing and and that's that's how i make decisions through that holistic management so little background on that
1: um i i, I just reading more into smage's book and in the introduction this is really good um uh, again i read reading from the introduction is right to say that this book by Chris Smage, came came about out of a desire to formalize a heated response to Regenesis. It is in part an unpicking uh, the carefully filtered statistics that enraged so many for their lack of context or caveat. As Smage reminds us, the global food system is in a strange historical moment with the present fossil-fueled overproduction and maldistributed abundance now towing a future of a potential future cliff edge of so-called Malthusian scarcity. We now listen to this, we now produce fifty percent more calories per head than we need. More if you include crops fed to livestock. Overproduction is so deeply embedded in the system, Dan Mundy, that one third of the UK's food never makes it beyond the farm gate. Meanwhile, one in four of those living in, in the U.K. is clinically obese, an illness that is chiefly a result of our consumption of ultra-processed food. The bill for this is huge. Uh, with the tax money spent treating those who have uh, diet-related type 2 diabetes, we could in the U.K. pay for the whole or uh, of our legal system, our courts, prison, judges, legal aid, and, pro, uh, and probation. So I think that this book is actually aiming in the right direction, Mr. Mundy.
0: I would say so. I mean, let's face it, people, I mean, we all hate, we all like things that taste good, and we've... I think I mentioned that in my talk this year. There's a uh, an article that we call the Dorito Effect, where there are things put in to stimulate the tastes that make us want to have more. So you don't, oh, I'll have one or two of those. No, I like the whole bag. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm fact, I just you know, just was reading this morning. I don't know if you saw it yet. That Tyson has just taken a big stake in the Netherlands bug people. There, what do they call Protex or, or Pro Bug or Pro? Ticks or I, I don't know, uh, and they're going to build a factory here in the states, four times the size of the one in the Netherlands, to uh, raise bugs for ingre- for food ingredients.
1: Hey, and and this is why so. you need to watch uh, Roman Balmakov's "No Farmers, No Food." Will you eat the bugs? Because he goes and he interviews a guy, and he goes, "Okay, are they putting bug matter into the processed food?" And the guy, and the guy's a Canadian, and the dude goes. Not yet, but Brian. But they're working on it. So this is going no. to yeah, you're, it's going to show up as an ingredient. And I don't know how they're going to characterize it. But these bastards are actually working on putting the bugs, you've read the bugs into the other food products. So this will reduce the amount of organic crap that went into it on the front end or chemical crap that went into it on the front end. It will increase the amount of bugs. Uh, Folks, it is a proven fact eating insects is not healthy. I don't care what these people say. There were things that are contained in the exoskeleton. But Brian, Brian's a chemist; uh, uh, he has a biology degree. You can tell him what is it. it, it I, f- I forget the, the 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 molecular substance, but but it's contained in the exoskeleton of the of the uh, the bug of the insect. You eat too much of it; it'll start working on your blood. You're not going to. It doesn't yeah. produce. It, 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 it is not healthy for you, is it? It's called chitin. That's it, chitin. That's it. And let, let's let's
2: you know kind of reel this in a little bit you know there are civilizations out there that ate bugs yes but mostly bug larva that did not have chitin on it they were at the larval stage where they were still soft enough where they're digestible so keep that in mind
1: so roman Balmakov goes to this guy who runs a complete bug eatery And the dude has a a giant bowl filled with dried mealworms. And Balmokov goes, what are these? He goes, mealworms. And he goes, what do you do with these? Grind them up. Make smoothies and stuff with them. And he goes, taste one. And Balmokov kind of looks at him and goes, you won't believe the taste. So Balmokov eats one. He goes, it tastes like a potato chip. (laughs) I'm going like, I don't care if the mealworm tastes like a potato chip. I'm not a chicken. I'm not laying eggs. And I don't need it.
0: Well, there was a good comedian, I can't remember his name in a chair, who was railing on uh, vegetarians and vegans. And he made a very profound statement, I thought, when he said, if your food is so good, why do you have to pretend you're eating mine? <laughs> but,
1: you know, making tofu turkeys and almond uh, pork roasts. Well, I, I, I love the, we're going to have turkey bacon. Why do you want to call it turkey bacon? <laughs> Why don't you just go get bacon from a pig? All right, we're going to have uh, to leave it there. Next week, we're going to be back in the studio in Madisonville. We're actually going to talk about fall cropping and prepping for the winter and cover crops. That's your assignment for next week, gentlemen. I want to thank Brian Kay. And, Brian, and by the way, Brian, have you heard the commercial made in your honor?
2: Yes, I have. I'm I'm humbly excited and i love it thank you
1: has any has anyone called you to uh, do you, has anyone called you uh, or do you have anyone that's calling you for advice or do or that you're calling for advice as a result well
2: i i have helped a few people through things i um one in particular is daughter number three who is really developing a green thumb
1: so um your daughter number three. Yeah, my daughter number three. Not your daughter number three. My BFF. <laughs> but uh,
2: yeah, there's there's a few people out there. Uh, I'm gonna say next week, I'll be kind of limited. We're gonna be butchering chickens, but oh good. Um, I might have if I can. Might have a special
1: guest. Okay, fantastic. We'll look forward to that. Um, all right, I got to go because I got to get a brand-new parrot talk on Brian, uh, Dan, God bless both of you. Uh, thank you for another Free Farm Friday. We will see you next week, if not sooner.